The Superpower Mamas channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to join the superpower universe and unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Superpower Mamas, reclaiming the sacred journey of motherhood with Tatiana Berende. everyone and welcome to the Superpower Mamas podcast. I'm your host Tatiana Berende and we've got another Kids Talk series for y'all today. Lucky you. I've got Neva Lee Rekla here and we are going to be talking about finding your identity today. Um, if you have not listened to our other Kids Talk episodes, you're going to definitely want to go back and do that. You can go to superpowermamas.com and go and find all of our previous Kids Talk episodes there. Uh, But Neva, I'm just so excited to be doing this with you and so happy to have you back on the show again for another installment of Kids Talk. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. And I think most of our conversations always kind of end up on some level of identity but I'm excited for that to be the main focus of our conversation today. Yeah. And I think it's totally appropriate that a lot of our conversations land there because you are 12 and this is like a big (laughs) part of being that age and, and coming into, into that time is figuring out who are we and it doesn't stop there. I mean, there's maybe some parents listening to this who are still, who are still asking themselves that question and redefining Mm -hmm themselves. Um, I don't think that identity has to be a fixed construct. We'll dive into all of that juiciness, of course, mm-hmm. um, as we always do. Um, but before we we dive into our conversation, Neva, do you want to just tell people what you've been up to and where they can go to also find out more about you and your work and, and what you're doing in the world? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm basically everywhere. You can find me all over social media, mainly on Instagram under my name, Neebly Rekla. And you can go to my website, superpoweredkids.com, if you want to stay in touch with all the things I'm doing in the world. And honestly, by the time this airs, my new podcast might be out soon, Leave It to Neva, which will be launching um, in today's time very soon. And that's where I'll be having similar conversations to these, but mostly monologues or with different guests and stuff. So yeah, go check me out. Yes, go check out Leave It to Neva and come and play with us in the community. Neva's in there too. Um, so am I. The community is a really beautiful place to, to come and engage directly with us, with, with the hosts of these shows, with our coaches and the programs. Um, there's some really juicy offerings that we've got going through there. You can find them over at superpowerexperts.com. Um, if you get on the get together tab, go down under there and find the community link and and uh, just come explore with us your your first 14 days are free if you want to just come and check it out and get a feel for what we're up to in there we'd love to have you um, and and get to see your faces and hear your voices or just you can also just show up and be a fly on the wall at some of our meetings too that works Um, but do come over to superpowerexperts.com and play with us in there Okay, Neva and I, we're going to just go to a quick break before we dive into the meat and potatoes of this conversation, because who wants to cut off the juice that likes to flow between the two of us when we get going? 
Um, so we'll be right back. We're talking with Neva Lee Rekla on our Kids Talk series about finding your identity. And we're going to dive in in just a moment. So don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. If you're ready to transform yourself and transform the world through podcasting, we invite you to join us. We co-create a non-competitive, collaborative environment designed to support you as you step into your greatness. Go now to superpowerexperts.com and click on the Programs tab to get started today. All right, Neva, hit it. Let's talk about this this identity conversation. What's uh, what's been alive for you around it? Why why was this the topic that you've been really wanting to bring forward today? And what's what's moving through your experience and your peers' experience around all of this right now? Yeah, I think um, how you mentioned like before the break is especially now is kind of the time where I think everybody is really stepping into themselves and I get to see myself included and everybody around me kind of stepping into their identities, whether that resolves around gender or sexuality or spirituality or anything like that, stepping into who they are and who they want to be in this world. And I think that the idea of like identity can be kind of scary to some people because when you're not sure about who you are, it can be kind of a difficult conversation to have trying to figure it out. And I think that's why I'm really excited to talk about it is because it doesn't have to be scary trying to figure yourself out. Well, you know, one of the things that we talk about in our in our programs when we work with adults, you know, the one of the mm-hmm. foundational um, things that we deal with is who are you? And starting with that as a foundation, because I think, especially when, when you're, when you're your age, when, when you're a teenager, when you're, when you're a young kid, um, you know, identity feels like a really big and very important thing that mm-hmm. there's a, there's a moment where we really need to mark like, this is who I am in the external world and I need to name it and I need to call it something and I need to build it like this. And it can feel really solid, right? When, yeah. when we're in that stage, like it's important that I need to make this a solid crystallized thing. And when we work with the adults in our programs, um, what we find is that the, the foundation of who we are is and we've talked about this on the show before you and I together about um, knowing ourselves as precious children of the Creator first, mm-hmm. right? Like, what's the f- first, most fundamental, most important part of our identity is knowing ourselves as a child of God, as a child of Spirit, as a child of the Earth. However, whatever framework works best for you. Um, that allows you to land and sit comfortably in that and know that you're held in that, that comes first. And then whatever construct we want to build on top of it, it then becomes something that we get to play with and and gets Mm -hmm. to change and we get to be fluid in and we don't need it to define us. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I think one of like the best parts about identity for me, I'll just use like gender as an example is the beauty in it is you get to try on like all these different hats, I mm-hmm. guess is kind of how I look at it is like, you don't 
have to stay in one specific area. You don't have to identify as one specific thing forever. It might feel good in this moment and then you want to go and do something else the next moment. And that's a totally okay to be, but it's also okay to plant your feet in the ground for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you plant your feet in the Mm -hmm. ground and you're like, oh, this is the right soil for me. And this feels right. And, and sometimes what I've noticed um, and what I, what I just want to bring forward um, for any, any parents whose, whose children are exploring specifically the gender construct um, or if you're exploring that for yourself or, or have, have changed some of that for yourself. um, I think the, the trap that we can fall into um, with, especially like, let's just talk about the gender piece, right. Um, Is that we can say, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, we're not making me as a precious child of the creator come first. We're making my gender come first. Yeah. Um, And what, what happens when we decide that we're going to crystallize in that place before we know ourselves as a precious child of the creator is that we can stay in that place. And that can feel like the right ground that we've planted ourselves in for years. And then there Mm -hmm. may come a time where it no longer is actually true. And then you're unsure about it. And then it's like, Oh crap. I've built up a whole identity around this construct mm-hmm. and now and I've and I've been so loud and firm and strong in that that's where I've planted myself and now my heart is telling me that that no longer feels true and now I feel trapped yeah yeah absolutely and I think something I like playing with is we're really big on like gender fluidity fluidity and stuff in our house um especially me and some a place I've gotten to recently is like, honestly, that's not the first thing I care about anymore. And that space is honestly so liberating in a sense, because you're able to identify as so many more things than your gender. And this is speaking from somebody who's seen other people have questions about it, who's had personal questions about it and stuff. And I think when you're able to get to a point where you're sure of yourself outside of constructs, like let's say gender, you're able to figure out who you are, I think, easier. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So will you share with us a little bit about what the practice of being gender fluid in your household looks like? And like what, just because I think there's a lot of families that this is a question that's coming up with their children, right? Their pronouns Mm -hmm. are changing. um, And And it's scary and you're not sure. Yeah, right. It's new for a lot of people. So what, what does that look like in your house? Yeah, so... I'll say, like, I'll speak to, like, my house and my life is mainly, like, in my house, there's a lot of conversations around, like, my mom and I tend to be more androgynous in a sense. Um, We did an episode on reclamation called To Shave or Not to Shave. We talked all about how we both stopped shaving. And I think my house specifically, it's I'm still known as like their daughter and stuff, but they're very open to conversations around me playing around with different gender identities and putting on those different colored hats. And 
in my life, my friends refer to me as different things. And I'm totally chill with it. And so are my parents. And at least for me, it's more of a level of like not necessarily not caring, but that's not the first thing I necessarily see in myself. And so people could call me a he or a she or a they, and I wouldn't necessarily care either way. It feels like there's a real, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, there's an invitation with all of this conversation around Mm -hmm. pronouns and gender, um, to again, like go into the deeper identity, which is this person is a precious child of the creator, whoever is in front of me, I am a precious child of the creator. This person is a precious child of the creator. And, Mm. and some of it, I mean, it feels like um, on a certain level and please don't, I'm I'm not trying to be patronizing in any way at all, but it feels like you're kind of playing with some of this stuff um, almost to to point that out yeah it actually doesn't matter like you can call me whatever and I'm still a precious child of the creator and I know that in myself and so whatever you want to call me is cool because it doesn't change who I really am exactly and I think if you don't mind if I speak to the parents who might have kids who are also experimenting with this is Parents, I remember in our first episode when we talked about the LGBT community and the church, we talked to, we covered things like gender identity and stuff. Parents, I understand it can be really scary sometimes. It's like this child who was brought into the world who's known as this, like their entire life now wants to be known as this, like what the heck? But I think, and Tati, I love what you're speaking to is that if you can see them as one, your precious child, but also a child of the divine, then it won't matter to you. And be open to those conversations with your kids because I know people who've had experiences where their parents aren't supportive of them being trans or something like that. And then the child has to kind of go and figure themselves out all on their own without their parents even referring to them how they'd appreciate to be referred to. And I think when you're able to open your heart to it, then it it becomes really easy. And that, that goes farther than things like gender identity. That goes for sexuality, how your kid wants to see the world, what their personal viewpoints are, or what religions or spiritualities they want to follow, things like that. It becomes so easy when you start seeing them, parents specifically, if you see them as your child first. I love what you're saying, Eva, and, and what, what comes up for me when I think about, you know, being challenged by choices our children make is, um, you know, that I think as a parent, like, there's fundamentally a desire for our children to be happy and to be safe mm-hmm. and to be healthy, right? Like, and, and a lot of the fears that can come up for parents around some of this stuff, I think it is rooted in, in one of those three desires, Um, and I think culturally, I mean, and of course it depends on where you live. Um, but 
we are starting to open up a little bit more around some of these things so that that mm-hmm. fear that your child won't be safe if they're, you know, playing with their gender openly and expressing something different than what is a sort of like societal norm. Um, that's starting to loosen up a little bit. And, and also yeah. it's an invitation into, into trust, into trusting that our children have their own walk and their own relationship with the divine um, that we can absolutely inform and we can nurture, um, but is their own journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I know as a parent, is like one of the hardest ones to really step into, yeah. into that trusting that like they're, they're going to have to figure some things out. Um, and the most and the best that we can do is to just love them through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, we get to be faced with what it challenges in us and in our beliefs and in our constructs. And and gender is a huge construct that that we've leaned very heavily into and the roles and the dynamics that come with that. And, um, and when the kids are starting to push back against that, I think it's, it, it would behoove us as parents to really look at what it is that we feel like is being threatened in yeah. that pushback. Um, that really gets to be our work of discovery um, in, in that process. And there's a purpose for all of it, right? The, the, the youth are here to, to create change and to create the pressure that creates the change. And we all did that when we were young. We pushed back against constructs that we, that we didn't agree with or that we felt like were very stifling. And, um, and so I think that's really the invitation, especially with the gender conversation with our children is like, what is it threatening about in our mm-hmm. belief system? Um, and how do we get to explore that for ourselves and our own relationship with our beliefs and what we think needs to be true and why we think it needs to be true? Yeah, absolutely. And I think when it comes to this whole concept is I've seen some parents who are worried about what it says about them, especially when they're in different places where it it might not be acceptable like at all whether it's due Mm. to religious beliefs or political beliefs things like that where oh goodness what does this say about me when my child starts embracing their identity as something different than what everybody was used to and parents obviously I don't know what it's like being a parent but I do understand what it's like being a kid whose identity might not be fully accepted in some areas where your family is and that's a kind of scary thing sometimes whether it's you're not sure if your family's going to accept them or you're not sure if different places you go are going to accept them parents your one of your biggest jobs is to accept your child no matter what even if it feels like the entire world disagrees if you can still love and support your child then I think your your work here is done and leave the judgment to society to figure out because that's on them. Yeah. And, you know, when your child is being a real jerk, it can feel a lot harder <laughs> to love and yeah. accept them. And so, 
and obviously and that, handle that with your child too. And that, and that comes with being a teenager too, and um, or a tween, or you know whatever it is um, that happens, and yeah. and that that is really the the practice of parenting yeah. um, is is how do I love and accept my child even when I don't like them very much. <laughs> Absolutely. Tati, there was another point I wanted to make really quick. Yeah. Or on the topic of gender. And I've said this before, but I will say it again. If there's someone out there, whether you're a kid, a tween, a teen, or full-blown adult, and you're struggling with things around, and I'm specifically talking about gender identity because that's been a huge thing on my mind recently, you are valid no matter what. Let's make that point very clear. Whether you're struggling with feeling masculine enough or androgynous enough or feminine enough or something else whatever that is you are valid no matter what in your identity and you're allowed to play with it no matter what even if you don't feel like you physically look how you want to look all the time or you don't feel like everybody is accepting you for who you feel you are and who you are you're still valid no matter what and you're still amazing and loved no matter what you're loved by me and you're certainly loved by the divine and don't let anybody tell you a difference. And if they do bring them over to me and I'll love them harder for you. I was going to say, she's going to punch them for you, but I really like what you said, but I'll punch them with love. <laughs> Lovingly punch them in the face. For yes. You. <laughs> oh, Neva. I love you so much. And you're so oh, right. You. And I think that really like, we circle back around to this every conversation, but it's because that's the fundamental truth. Like you exactly. are worthy of the love that the divine is constantly shining upon you. Absolutely. And in the darkest moments. Yeah, exactly. It can be hard to mm-hmm. remember that that light is always shining on you. Right. Yeah. And maybe you're not struggling with things like gender identity. Maybe you're not struggling with things like, finding your sexuality maybe it's figuring out who the heck am I in this world and figuring out what do I want to believe where do I fit in and I get it those are kind of scary things to figure out sometimes especially when you feel like you're the only one going through it but no matter what it is I promise you're not the only one who's going through it or who has gone through it and it might take some time figuring out who you are in this world and who you want to be. But that's the beauty of life is we have time to figure it out and you get to figure it out and you get to try on all the different hats, whether it's anything really, you get to try it on and you get to find amazing people along the way who love and support you. And you get to find also amazing people along the way who might not love and support you. And it's okay. You get to learn and you get to learn for yourself and you get to grow and figure out who you are. And that might change. It will change. And I think that is actually a part of what that introducing that fluidity um, Mm -hmm. is trying to do is to remind us that it actually will change. And it's when we need to crystallize around our external identity looking a certain way whether it's mm-hmm. having a certain amount of money or having a house that looks a certain way or you know dressing a certain way or hanging out with a certain group of people um 
when we need it to stay solid, that's when we're going to get pushed. And I really think that at the core energetic movement, what's happening with all of all of the gender fluid conversation is really just that is that it's, it's an invitation to all of us. um, Those who, who are in that gender fluid exploration and those who are not um, to, to remember that identity does not, it's not a solid thing. Exactly. And it's, I think it's meant to be fluid and you're absolutely right. That's what it's serving, whether you're somebody who is experimenting with different pronouns or things like that, or whether you're somebody who feels really firm and solid in it, or that's something you're not even really sure about at all. It's opening up the doorway for the concept of identity fluidity and identity looks so many different ways. It's like a painting, but every single angle you look at it, it, the picture looks different. And also I want to share something that I recently learned, especially when it comes to the topic of sexuality or gender identity is the biggest way you can feel valid is if you feel valid for yourself. And sometimes that takes other people disagreeing with you. And sometimes that takes feeling like everything's against you. Um, I circle back to this show a lot because it, it, it was by far like one of my favorite episodes I think I've ever recorded, but our first ever show. And it was when I was really struggling with feeling whole, especially when it came to places of different religions and knowing that certain people wouldn't agree with me. And I've now reconciled that. And that was honestly like the best thing I could do for myself, but realizing that not everybody is here to support you and not everybody is here to love you. And honestly, those are the people that make you want to fight for it more, I think. Mm -hmm. And if you feel valid in yourself, whether you struggle with gender dysphoria or struggle with feeling solid in your sexuality or your identity in general, if you feel valid for yourself, that's all that matters. Whether feels like the entire world is walking with you or running away from you. If you're solid in yourself and you know you're valid, no matter what, then people will start agreeing with you. Because back then, when I was struggling with feeling like, oh my goodness, everybody is against me. What the heck? Everybody I love isn't going to love and support me. I'm now at a place where I realized that simply wasn't true. And well, and I think if I can just step in for a minute, yeah. I think it's not necessarily that everyone will start agreeing with you because that doesn't no. always happen. But what does happen is that you start to, when you claim that solidly for yourself, then you start to yeah. gather around you the people who aren't going to push back against that then because the, they respect you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's still going to be people, obviously, that don't agree with you. But I think whether whether it's like people or not it you'll feel more solid like when you get to that place of feeling valid and feeling whole for yourself and not feeling like you need other people to validate you then whether there are people to help you feel that way or not 
you'll still feel whole and it will feel solid. Well, and I think, you know, what you just described is that it's a real rite of passage um, Mm -hmm. through a certain phase of childhood where you're cute and everyone does love you wherever Mm -hmm. you go. Um, and, And you especially, you know, you've walked a path where like you have been beyond loved everywhere you go because you're Nina and you're amazing. And, and so to then meet up against people and, and a place where, wow, I'm not going to be accepted. Um, yeah, that's a big, that's big, right. Yeah. To to walk and being okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. And folks, I've learned something. If you're somebody who's around my age, I've learned that when you get older, you can't always play the cute kid card anymore because (laughs) people start seeing you as like oh you're becoming a teenager teenager so people start seeing you as a teenager so you can't play the cute kid card anymore so it gives you even more reason i think to become solid in who you are because people are going to start disagreeing with you and that's okay and you can still love them from afar and that's totally okay what what um when did you realize like, when did you first realize that you couldn't play the cute kid card anymore? And what was that like for you? Um, I think it was a series of realizations, in a sense. Um, mainly when I was, obviously, when I started becoming older and stuff. And, you know, reactions from society of, like, how I looked or how I dressed wasn't necessarily how it was when I was seven, you know, and things like that, but also getting to points where people stopped, I guess, speaking to me like I was a kid. And I actually really appreciate that in a sense, or, but with that, that means there's no, I guess, cover up if somebody disagrees with you. And I think from that realization, I kind of also was like a part of it was also just kind of how I felt like in society, if that makes sense is like, Oh, okay. This is kind of what I'm stepping into. I think with that realization, it, like I was just speaking to, it kind of made me want to become more solid in my identity because I didn't have the cute kid card anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you have to bring forward instead? Um, I've always been pretty solid in who I am, but I think instead I kind of stepped more into the stepping out of like the cute kid card space and stepping more into the, okay, I'm trying to figure out who I am. and especially transitioning from like sixth grade to like seventh grade, you notice like a huge societal difference, I think in people, because I think that's when most people kind of start realizing, Oh, I don't really know who I am. So then when you're in that kind of space, it, I think it gave me an opportunity to know like, Oh, I'm not the only one trying to figure this out, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think that's a, actually a really cool space to be in 
and maybe people older than me could also speak to this, but at least my experience is being like in middle school is when you're able to see that you're not like the only one who's like kind of questioning who you are, it's really easy to figure it out. I think because it's like, okay, I'm not the only one trying to figure it out. So you're not left trying to kind of cover up the fact that you don't know. I want to, um, I want to highlight what you just said, because that's a big if what you, what Mm -hmm. you just said of, if you realize uh, that you're not the only one who doesn't, who hasn't figured it out. I don't think that everyone realizes that. I think one of the, one of the biggest places that's really hard for, for kids. And so I'm so glad that you're sharing this so that parents, you can share this with your kids and hear a kid telling other kids, like, you're not the only one um, who doesn't have this figured out. Most 12 year olds do not have this figured out. Um, Some adults don't have this figured out y'all. Yeah. A lot (laughs) of this figured out. Um, And, and so I think that that is really important. Um, There can also be a little disillusionment that can come with that too, though, if we're not careful. Um, And so I'd love, I'd love if you can, Neva, and if, and if it doesn't feel like it's present for you or something that you can access, that's totally fine. I might be pushing you into a a space that it's like, I don't know. And that's, that's that's fine. But um, you know, what, what would you say to someone who takes that, like, actually like no one really has this like dialed in and figured out um, who they take that. And they're like, Oh, well then what's the point? Um, Like the people who know that they're not the only ones experiencing it, but then they kind of feel like, Oh, then why would I even try? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I can speak to that. Absolutely. Cause I've also kind of been there at some phases in my life where it's like, I understand where it can kind of feel like, oh, well, no one else has their stuff figured out. So why would I try? Um, And it's going to sound really simple. And you might be like, Neva, what the heck? It doesn't feel that simple. You're going crazy. But I can promise you from somebody who has kind of experienced it is and it might be difficult to feel like, well, why would I even deserve to have it figured out? But do it for yourself. Because honestly, when you're when you're questioning your identity and whether you're struggling with feeling like people won't agree with you or they'll judge you, things like that, it can be very difficult to find your footing in the world, especially when you're relying on other people to make you feel valid. I promise it is worth trying to at least get rid of that feeling because when you reach a level of feeling solid in yourself, and I'll, I'll use myself for example of when I started identifying as like gender fluid and I start having realizations like, oh, I don't necessarily just enjoy being called female. I also enjoy this, this, and this. When I came to that realization, 
it was kind of like a mount of like bricks like came off of me because I was able to feel more solid in myself. And I was like, why does this feel uncomfortable to me? And then I realized why. And I feel so much more solid in myself. And I have room for that to change. So if you're gonna stop trying, one, please don't stop trying. And if you feel alone in that, come join our community. Go find other people to be a part of your community who can help you. But it's worth trying to at least get rid of that feeling. And then when you get there, you're able to you're able to see the flip side that on one side of the coin it's you're not the only one struggling and everybody's kind of trying to figure out who they are but on the other side of that coin is a lot of people are working to figure themselves out and those are the people who are solid in themselves and even the people who are questioning it are solid in themselves but the people who are figuring it out and are trying to figure out or have it figured out they're even more solid in themselves and they can help you figure it out and you they can help other people figure it out so why not go try to figure it out so you can assist other people Mm. yeah and I think I just keep coming back to like what's at the core what's at the foundation Mm -hmm. is that no matter what you call yourself or how you dress or what you choose to pursue as a career or a life path you are loved by the divine and you're loved by us like if you need some people reassurance you're loved by us it's true and we really accept all all we really love everybody here community we have a great diversity of mm-hmm. um expressions um in yeah. how we show up and what we think and how we walk in the world We're not all the same by any stretch. We all make different choices in our community. And yet we come together under this fundamental understanding that we are all divine. And therefore, we love each other. Exactly. And no matter what you're trying to figure out with your identity, it's valid no matter what. And I encourage you to leave room for it to change because it does. and you you might go into places and you might try to dig your feet there for a little bit and that's okay i get it it's kind of scary when you don't have it figured out so you might want to be like i want to put on this hat and then i'm just going to hide behind this hat but what i found in in my recent realizations of coming to terms with places that i didn't i wasn't sure if i was going to be accepted whether that's with family, with friends, with different organizations I was a part of, and realizing not everybody is going to love you and accept you for who you are, but there are people who will, and you can do that for yourself. When coming to that realization, I've also realized that, one, you're not the only person who struggles with it, but there's so much more to life than being left struggling to figure out who you are. And honestly, and it sounds really simplistic, but for me personally, that wasn't the biggest struggle in my life, honestly, trying to figure out who I am. And I think 
a few people could kind of speak to that in the sense of when you kind of get to the other side, then it really doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And I get it. It can be really scary trying to figure out like, oh my goodness, who the heck am I? It's like, sometimes it feels like this giant, like tidal wave coming over you in the ocean and you can't get your feet on the ground or you can't start swimming back to shore. But when you start opening your eyes and start being willing to make a change, I think it kind of, the wave kind of settles down, you know? Yeah. And you might have to try on a few different hats before you find one that feels right. And all the hats look beautiful on you. I can say that. And, and you might sometimes, and this is my own personal experience when I talk about this a lot, but it's one of the big things in my life when it comes to like gender or sexuality and stuff is one of the ways I've kind of learned to play around with it is that's the best analogy I can come up with when it doesn't sit right with you. It kind of feels like when you're wearing a piece of clothing and it's not sitting on you, right. And it's like, you're wearing like a sock, but like the seam just isn't sitting right on your foot. It kind of feels like that, but you're over your whole body. It's like, let's say you're struggling with something with like gender identity and you're like, okay, I'm going to use this set of pronouns, but then you start hearing people use them and you're like, hmm, feels like my sock is not sitting right then at least for me that's when I start kind of looking at it as like okay then what else can I play with what other hats can I try on yeah and you know one of the things that that's just coming up for me right now as I'm hearing you use this analogy which I love by the way I think it's brilliant <laughs> it's also Thank like you. if you're wearing a pair of pants that's too tight it's like oh this is yeah comfortable um And sometimes I think that we have that feeling of discomfort before we know what is causing it. Yeah, absolutely. Like to just take the pants analogy a little bit further. Sometimes when you wear mm -hmm. pants that are too tight, you can Mm -hmm. feel like you're having digestive issues, Mm -hmm. but really it's just your pants are too tight. Um, And I think that you know, like we can, I think that's why it's important to try on different things in different arenas, because it may be the gender conversation that needs to change, but it might be something completely different. And so I'm trying on all these different pronouns, but I still don't feel comfortable because it's actually not about my gender identity. It's about feeling like I'm trying to be pressured to, to do a certain thing in the world that doesn't feel right for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes those things are kind of used as a cover up to look at something bigger. Yeah. And sometimes it means, okay, I'm going to change this part of my identity. And then you realize, Oh, that wasn't it. And then you work yourself back around to it. And that's a totally okay. Okay. Place to be. And if you're somebody who's going through, whatever it is in your identity, I encourage you to find one, be that person for yourself, but find somebody else, no matter who it is, who you can do that for them, but they will also do it for you. And that might be kind of a difficult thing to work for. And if, or it might be kind of scary. And if that's the case, work on being that for yourself first, but 
one of like honestly my favorite some of my favorite people and I have a lot of favorite people but are the people who are so willing to try on the different hats with me you know mm-hmm. it's like when it comes to like my gender fluidity fluidity and stuff I'll, I'll talk to certain friends and they'll be like okay what pronouns do you want today I'll be like okay and it, it's so fun dude you get to try on all these different hats and you get to play with them sometimes they're rainbow hats sometimes they're black hats sometimes they're blue hats and you get to like them all and that's awesome yeah and that's so special that you have friends that will play with you in that space um because yeah. i think it is important and you know, and whether it's your pronouns or like, Hey, how, how are we going to dress today? You know, like today let's dress like jocks and tomorrow we're going to dress like freaks and, you know, just, just putting on all of the different, all the different clothes, all the different ways that we show up. um, I think is so important to maintain because I think what I'm, what I'm hearing really loud and clear right now in this moment, in this conversation, it's like when you're a kid, when you can still play the cute kid card, um, mm-hmm. you get to play, right? That's yeah. part of what's expected of you. And then all of a sudden there's this transition where you no longer get to play the cute kid card <laughs> and you're not supposed to play anymore. And then you're like, what the heck? Why isn't this one? Right. So yeah. I like I I think that this whole identity conversation it really opens up a space of play no matter what age you are. Can exactly. we bring a little more playfulness into this experience of of identifying with something? Yeah, and you get to have fun with it and you get to love it and you get to love yourself and love others. And it's honestly so fun and I think also something I've I've learned is when it's so amazing when you're able to find people who give you little reminders that you're valid or give you little reminders that you're loved. But the most important thing you can do is not rely on them to make you feel that way. And that can be really hard. It can be really hard. And sometimes it takes leaning in on leaning in, wait, leaning on people to be that support for you to, work around to being that for yourself but honestly I think one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself especially when it comes to your identity is learning to feel valid for yourself and that's a that can be a big struggle sometimes and I talk about it I I might be feeling really solid in my gender identity or my sexuality right now but there are some days where I'm not too solid in it there are some days where I'm like I want to dress this way and I want to feel this way and I am, but why don't I feel this way? And there's some days where I'm not too sure about it and that's totally okay. And some days it kind of feels like my hat's getting a little bit too old or a little bit too itchy for me and that's okay. And there, even when you're sure in your identity and even when you feel like, yeah, this is who I am, there's still going to be some days where you question. And you have to, you have to have those days sometimes. And yeah. And I think what you just mm-hmm. said is such a brilliant, again, reminder that, you know, okay, I put on these clothes and I'm like using this and like, just I don't still don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Why not? 
And I think what, you know, what I'm hearing is like, well, it's because that's the moment when I'm still leaning on something external yeah, in order to feel validated in who I am. Yeah. And those external things can help sometimes. Whether they can help sometimes, but, but yeah. I think what you just identified is why they don't always work. And, and sometimes and they'll fail, they'll fail us eventually, no matter what they are, if we are yeah. needing them to, to feel a certain way, because whether it's the friends or it's the clothes or it's the pronouns, if that's all that I'm leaning into. And like you said, yeah, they can be really, va- they're tools to help and they're us helpful. get into alignment, right? But yeah. we need them in order to have that alignment. That's when they're going to fail us. Absolutely. And some, like, for example, my own personal experience is like, sometimes I like dressing really masculine and then feeling super masculine. But then sometimes on those same days, I don't feel that way at all. And sometimes those little things kind of act as like boosters in a sense is like, okay, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really confident. I'm going to dress this way and I'm going to act this way. And it's going to help me feel this way. But sometimes those don't really help sometimes. And I think what, especially when it comes to like gender and stuff, and I, I follow a few people on social media who talk about this is like, let's say you identify as one way, the way you dress doesn't speak to that at all. In a sense, you know, it's like when I, I, I kind of look at clothes as like, they're kind of like our, I guess, body armor but our body armor doesn't speak to who we are you have to feel that way inside yourself and sometimes the body armor helps you feel stronger sometimes it really doesn't do anything for you but if you feel that way inside yourself then it doesn't matter what your body armor looks like mhm yep <laughs> It's all about the inside game. (laughs) Yeah. Tati, I had a question for you. Yeah, sure. So obviously I speak to the kid side or I guess the tween teen side of coming to terms with your identity. Um, From an adult's perspective, do you think that adults also have those like similar struggles and stuff? Have you? Yes witness that absolutely absolutely yeah. i mean like i said this is that's why who are you is the foundation of our program that we offer for adults mm-hmm. because if we don't have that adults get caught up in the external game all the time where do you think the kids are learning it from? <laughs> you know it's because exactly. we think adults are sometimes a most of the time, a lot worse about it actually than the kids are. Mm-hmm. Um, kids are are a little bit more willing to to have an open mind about things and and explore. When when we get to adulthood, we think that we have to have it figured out, and so we try to crystallize our external to look a certain way so that we can feel adult and we can feel like we know. Um, and that actually it gets really dangerous, and I think it it gets like at the foundation and the core root of like a lot of our problems in society is, mm-hmm. is thinking that we know, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of fights happening right now mm-hmm. because people think that they know. Um, 
And it's continuously about being willing to, to challenge what we think we know to be true. And, yeah. and for me, like the foundational core of what I know is that everyone is created in the image of the divine. And if I'm struggling with what's in front of me, that is a divine expression, then that's my work to do to uncover what is what is still in me that I haven't accepted. Yeah. Um, what aspect of me is is still challenged. And I, you know, that happens. Like I we we get triggered by other people. They're we're not all gonna agree on everything. We get to be different expressions and different manifestations of the truth um and distortions of the truth, right? That's out there too. Um but yeah, adults struggle yeah. with this a lot and we just have gotten better at pretending. Yeah. That we don't. You know, and that's and that's a lot of the issues that we see is that we we see a lot of adults in our programs who have gotten so good at pretending they kind of forget what reality is. They forget who they are. Yeah. Because they've gotten so good at the game of pretending that they're okay with mm -hmm. what the choices that they've made are. And sometimes they're not. Yeah. yeah. And I think the kids, like, I think you guys are pretty perceptive. Um <laughs> and and a lot of the disillusionment that I spoke to earlier, I think, is when the kids are like, you're lying, you're pretending. And I like, can tell you're that. pretending and you don't yeah. have it figured out. Yeah. And and then, it, you know, it can lead to to definitely a sense of despondency or depression of like, wow, everyone around me is just pretending. What is the point? Yeah. And then that leads to kids starting to pretend, too. Right. And everybody's lying to each other and they're lying to themselves. And right. And thank you for speaking on that. The fact that adults do face that and, I, and I've seen it, but I think it's really important for like, obviously an adult to speak on it. And that folks, that shows everybody experiences it. And even though emotions are kind of scary, sometimes they kind of feel that way. Sometimes it's okay to feel that way. And it's okay to sometimes feel like, oh my goodness, I don't know who I am or questioning it or thinking, I don't feel like I'm really fit, fitting into who I want to be. And that's an okay thing to feel. And it's okay to feel emotions about it. It's okay to feel things about it and talk about it. And it can, it can be really easy to pretend when it feels like nobody is really being honest. But, yeah, but I think you just said something that's really important um, as a guide post. Um, and, mm -hmm. and I want to kind of like bring us to, to some point here because you just said who I'm not being who I want to be. Mm -hmm. And that I think is a really important question. If you're in this journey of discovery of who am I? Asking yourself, yeah. well, who do I want to be? And yeah. not like, oh, I want to be successful and I want to have all the, the, the money and the cars and the stuff. Um, <laughs> but what kind of person do I want to be in my life? Mm -hmm. And am I being that with the people around me? 
And if yeah. not, then why and what is it that I need to to shift and fix? I think that is a really powerful and really important question. Absolutely. It can help if you're in this like, who am I question? It's like, well, who do I want to be? Yeah. And you get to play around with that too. And I think that's honestly, that's really important because you might feel like you're this way with someone else and you, and you might feel like you're completely different with other people and your words might not be matching your thoughts and how you're acting might not be how you want to act. And if you look at, okay, who do I want to be? Then it leads you over to who am I? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How am I showing up and how do I want to show up right now in this moment? Right. Because then it takes it out of like all the external and it's like, well, who am I being in this moment? And do Mm -hmm. I like that or not? And if I don't, then what do I need to do to change it? Yeah, exactly. And folks, identity can be quite the thing and it can feel like a lot sometimes and it can feel like maybe we're not really sure about it sometimes but it's an important thing to look at and whether you're looking at things that feel like no one else is experiencing it or you're questioning if people will even love and accept you for experiencing it whatever it is for you know you are valid and know you are loved no matter what and you're created perfectly to be whoever you want to be and I've seen people who struggle with feeling like they're solid in who they are and sometimes I struggle with that too or the feeling of struggling with how do I how do I phrase this one I don't know find words to figure out what I want to say even though clearly the the divine created us all to be who we are. And sometimes that means being born into a body that doesn't necessarily fit the gender you feel or being born into a house that doesn't necessarily accept you for who you are. You get these little challenges and activities you get to experience along the way. And sometimes it can feel almost like you're part of a puzzle but you're the one piece that's missing and it can kind of feel or like you're the one piece that doesn't quite fit into the full puzzle and that's okay folks go find a new puzzle create your own puzzle and no and even though it can be kind of scary to look at sometimes you're kind of hard to admit that you are created perfectly no matter who you think created you to be who you are and you were born into the body you were born in in the house, in the place that you were born in for a reason, and you are perfect and you are valid no matter what. Yep. <laughs> I think that's that's the core of it. That's the root of it. And I think we could unpack this topic Absolutely. for years because there's so much to it and there's so much nuance and there's so many facets because it's one thing to acknowledge like, okay, yes, I am perfect. I am created in the divine that doesn't always give you the information you need and like how to operate in the rest of the world. Right. And 
And, um, and that's a lot of what we do over, over at SPE. That's what we help our clients with. That's what we work through, um, together. Uh, so, so I don't expect us to sort of come out of this conversation with like, yes, we figured it all out, you know, because it's a, it's a, it's a process and it's a constantly evolving process of discovery and uncovering. Um, but I think we've, We've done a pretty good job here today, Neva, of, of uncovering some of this. And I just want to thank you so much for bringing this very important topic forward for thank parents you. and the kids who are listening. Absolutely. I think this is such an important topic. And are you okay if I say one last thing to close us out? Absolutely. Because I have one more point I want to make. And I think it's really important is, and we've talked about it, but it's okay to not know. And it's okay to be left questioning. And anybody, whether you're a parent or a kid or whoever you are in this world, it it's okay to sometimes question and it's okay to sometimes be a little bit on edge about who you are and who you want to be. And parents, if you're listening, well, parents who are listening, support your kids and let them support you. And no, no matter who your child decides to be, no matter who your child is in this world, if you can love them and you can support them, then your job, your work here is done. Obviously, there's more parent things you have to do, but <laughs> at the core of it, love and support your child. And for those out there who are struggling, if you're not a parent, if you're not a kid, then know you're valid no matter what. And you're amazing and perfect no matter what. And divine loves you spirit god whatever you call to loves you and we love you yes we do even though we haven't met you we love you and we will love you when we meet you yes <laughs> we will and we hope to meet you so come and play with Sweet. us in the community so we can meet you so that we can love you uh so you can let yourself be loved and and some of you might not know what that actually feels like fully. So come and, and get to experience that and explore that with us. I know it can be a tender and a vulnerable place. So come dip your toes in. If you're curious, mm -hmm. go over to superpowerexperts.com um, and check out our community. And thank you again, Eva, so much for being on this journey with me. And to our listeners, thank you. And until next time, reclaim your parenting journey as a sacred one for yourself, for your children, and for the world. Many, many blessings. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.